Dabble and Drabble by Shadowy Corner, narrated by Marauder Times from hpfanfictalk.com. This story is rated M for mature audiences with the following advisories. Sexual content. A collection of drabbles written for different occasions. Chapter 7. The Wrath of a Unicorn. It was lucrative to trade magical creatures. Mortimer Greengrass looked down from the raised platform at the crates that were being hovered around his warehouse. He was leaning on the railing, counting in his head all the stock of today. He had other people to do this for him, but also there was some sort of satisfaction standing over the constantly moving organism of an empire he had built. Noise of wilderness filled the room, screeching and huffing, hoofbeats beating down onto the floor, a little illusion of a jungle in which he was the king. The vast network of traders and breeders he had built over the years was astounding. Magical creatures were running wild and unchecked in Britain after the Second Wizarding War. There was plenty for the taking, even with the Department of Control of Magical Creatures. All he had to do was get to the right people before the Aurors did, and find an avenue how to get the desired goods out of the country fast. Lately, years later, it seemed to him Britain was slightly more strict in the legal undertaking and treatment of the magical beasts, what with their government going through a drastic cleanse under the blind idealist Shacklebolt. Here in France, and in Paris, the magical government were more lenient, still more ready to indulge foreign investors rather than reprimand them. That was why Mortimer decided to move all of his operations, as well as daughter and residence, into France. The Greengrass family had brought a lot of wealth to the French, and their clandestine dealings with rich muggle collectors had launched Mortimer into the highest ranks, where he could enjoy respect and fear of thugs and government officials both. He had a nose for people, Mortimer did. Using his legitimacy, swiftly and subtly, he could always detect the types that were easily prodded in the right direction, whose minds were weighed down by increasing debt, and then those who had a taste for a bit of danger and racketeering. Slowly but surely, bribe by bribe, he'd key officials and law enforcement people in his pocket. It didn't have to be a lot of people, just the right type of man or woman, with a good spot at the ministry and a talent for being both manipulated and competent to carry out their given tasks. He had obliviators, he had judges, he had the French oars, and he had neat little officials with mustaches and important custom stamps. Mr. Greengrass, excusez-moi. Mortimer looked over to the woman that walked over to him. She was dressed in a smart suit, dark hair tied into a braid falling over her shoulder. A notepad and a quill hovered in the air beside her head. When she spoke to him next, it was in English, but with a touch of French accent. The package for Mr. Caval is ready. Would you please inspect it? Sure, Pascal, Mortimer said, checking his cufflinks, primping his suit. He followed her down the stairs. As they walked, she was mentioning to him all the planned appointments of the day. And then after all of that, you're having dinner with Astoria. Her partner and your grandson Scorpius will be there too, so Astoria requested no business discussion at the dinner table. Mortimer smirked and nodded toward Pascal. Prepare a clean suit for me. I'm taking Robert and we're visiting an unhappy customer. My clothes may get a bit messy. Pascal flicked her fingers and her quill made the notation onto the notepad. They reached a large crate the size of a carriage and heard anguish neighing and snorting from inside. Mortimer slipped a wand from his sleeve and twisted it in the air. The wood shifted and shrunk, turning from a full wall into bars. The unicorn inside glared murder at Mortimer, and he was momentarily fascinated by the rage in the eyes of a creature that was mostly associated with purity and peace. 
Its horn was chipped in places, and there were slashes around its neck from the magical ropes the snatchers usually use to catch and paralyze magical creatures. Put more glamour on it before shipping it. It looks like shit, he spat savagely, taking his chin into his hands as he looked more closely at the unicorn. Clean up its mane. It's supposed to be pearly white, not matted like this. Those scars need to disappear, and the horn must shine. Replace it if you must. Do the illusion. That will take at least another day, Pascal said, wincing at the instructions. She felt queasy imagining the process of removing the horn and attaching a new one. So be it. Caval only cares and pays for the best. We can't give him this mockery of a unicorn. Will the muggle know the difference? Do you want the service of Mortimer Greengrass to fall into bad reputation? Mortimer asked calmly. But there was a flash of anger as he slowly turned his head to look at Pascal. She blanched under his gaze and just nodded to her quill, which began noting the instructions down fervently. We'll bump the shipping date, of course. Ce n'est pas de problème. Mortimer waved his wand sharply, and the wooden beams melted back into a solid wall. The shining eyes of the unicorn never left him, but they were soon out of his mind as he moved further along between the crates. Are the dragon eggs secure? Three pieces of Welsh green, yes, Pascal said, and her quill moved in a check-line motion. Has Astoria prepared all the official potion transfer documentation? The cover for most of his clandestine operations was potion dealing and potion ingredients, much of which Astoria helped him with. I believe she has. Good. Sounds like it will be a nice, peaceful dinner at last, he said with a satisfied smile. Hours later, after he was dressed in a fresh, clean suit, and the one stained with someone else's blood was being safely washed and scrubbed by his house elves, Mortimer entered the cavernous dining hall of his mansion. Astoria stood by the fireplace, twirling a cocktail in her hand while little Scorpius sat at her feet, open book in his lap. Leaning against the mantle of the fireplace was Astoria's new flame. He bristled with irritation when he saw the bright red hair, the freckles upon the long nose, and bright blue eyes that were always somehow lost in a vestige of memory. Mortimer briefly remembered how this silly aura from England nearly discovered and revealed his entire operation. But he had taken care of the danger this man had represented, and the business would go on and the money would keep rolling in. Wizard money, muggle money, a multitude of wealth that was a testament to his resourcefulness, his daring, and his balls of steel. End notes. This is kind of a short sneak peek of my, hopefully, upcoming story, Except in Dreams, and it was written for the House Cup 2020 Sandcastles competition, Castle Feature, Smithy, Crime Syndicate.